Welcome back to the Zero Hour. I'm George Comedy. I'm Ashley Stone. And today we have Daryl Kelly, founder and president of the Black Cybersecurity Association. Uh, Daryl showed up on our radar after we saw a ton of activity on LinkedIn, a lot of people coming together around the founding of this organization. And so we reached out, we were intrigued. So we talked to Daryl about the story behind the founding and uh, a whole lot of other very necessary topics in cybersecurity. He actually brings us a positive news story as we're all still dealing and living with this COVID reality and thinking about all the great things that we can achieve while we're working from home. Yes, and we were also lucky enough to be joined on the Zoom by Dr. Natalie Magit, who was an initial mentor as um, the story progresses in the founding of this organization. So without further ado, let's get into it with Daryl Kelly and hear more about the Black Cybersecurity Association. All right, so uh, we're joined by Daryl Kelly of the new uh, newly minted Black Cybersecurity Association. So, Daryl, I came across this. I think we have a mutual acquaintance in Larry Whiteside Jr., who was a recent guest. Sort of followed the developments on on LinkedIn, saw the posts, saw the formation. It was like I was watching it in real time. It was just, <laughs> together. Um, so, I was hoping you could uh, tell us a little bit more about like the story behind the founding of BCA. Absolutely. Um... As a matter of fact, um, it, there's there's a there's quite a story that came before the whole the the viral post on LinkedIn and stuff like that. Um, it started with about five me and four or five other um, students at the University of the District of Columbia. Um, we were doing a capstone project, and our and it started with our teacher kind of like uh, we wanted to, we decided we wanted to teach kids how to code. And so it essentially for extra credit, we all wanted to get the highest grade we could in the class for extra <laughs> credit. We, I'm, I'm serious. This is how it started. Yeah, man. Uh, um, it, uh, our teacher said, hey, look, um, for extra credit, we, what, I, what I need you to do is fill out this grant application. And we, we filled out that we, we didn't care about it. We just threw in the grant application for, for the extra credit. And lo and behold, we ended up getting <laughs> getting that that grant from um, from CCMMA, the Campus Career Mid-Atlantic. It's, um, it's an organization, organization dedicated towards helping like, like causes that are on um, college campuses. So we ended up getting that, that mini grant. And, uh, and so we bought a bunch of mini computers and stuff like that. And we started setting up for our camp. Uh, unfortunately, due to the pandemic, that ended up falling through just like most um, academic plans. Um, we decided to eventually uh, fast forward a year later and that's like shortly before today. Uh, we, we, uh, we said, forget it, we're, we're gonna take our camp online, we did. Um, as of August 7th, all those kids have graduated and we did decide to eventually, instead of, since there, it was so, the camp was really, really popular, um, like really popular, we decided to create a full-blown, full-blown nonprofit organization out of it. Nice. So um, let me pause here for one second. Uh, looks like we were joined by someone else. 
I I can't see the participants. Oh, this is um Dr. Dr. Natalie Magic. All right. Hi, Dr. Natalie. Hello. How is everyone? Good. Thank you for joining us. Hi. No, Welcome. Just thought I'd drop in. Absolutely. Um, we were just talking about the the founding of the Black Cybersecurity Association, which I totally applaud. Was a polite extra credit. But um, I wanted to go back to the, the impetus, uh, Daryl, and say, so when you were thinking about teaching kids to code, was that other students at the University of District of Columbia, or was that like high school age kids or sort of broad based? So uh, when, when before it became, um, we, we were thinking, we were, uh, our target audience was inner city um, African-American kids mm -hmm. um, and a, Essentially, um, so we were going to originally found a camp at Howard University Middle School, um, and because when it went online, and uh, we just uh, that was the original target. Um, when we decided to go online, we decided to like expand upon the break of that, those bases. And Doctor Doctor Magic, who's on the line, she actually joined as a she was a, a coach at the camp uh, before eventually becoming a board member. Uh, so she was here for this entire this entire process, um, and as far as um, the online, when we took the camp online, we took kids between the ages of ten to nineteen, no eighteen. Okay, and then can you tell me a little bit about the evolution from coding because we we have you know uh, black kids who code and some other organizations. So I'm interested in that evolution from coding into cybersecurity specific, you know, not least which because we're a cybersecurity organization, but it's an issue that we've been discussing a lot on this podcast. But if you could just tell me how you went from strict coding, because that can be a lot of things into cyber, that would be interesting. No problem. So um, so as as far as the, the original team that um, the original team that um, that was concerned, like we I, I was like the, the 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 STEM major who was on the group. Well, not not the STEM major. We had a math major, but I was like the coder of the group. And so it's like as far as like the technical content was concerned, I was the one that was responsible. Even though we had a group of five to six students, I was the one responsible for like the technical content. And it mainly revolved around my particular interests into projecting cybersecurity because this is a field that I wanted to get into. I have been participating, so that's that's essentially why it took that particular direction. And as to why I took it in that direction is because I feel like there's plenty of um, there's plenty of support for um, for in, in organizations that if you want to code, then there's plenty of support for that. I did not find that same type of support in cybersecurity at all. I was always the only one, and that's why I decided to go in this particular direction. Well, that's 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 really interesting. I think that corroborates some of what we've heard before. But also, um, Larry Whiteside Jr. had previously said also that cyber, well, one, we all know that the industry is in a desperate need of, of jobs. So there's more vacancies than we have human people to fill it with. But also... Um, it's a high paying job. So it offers like a, a generational wealth leap. He was talking about for his family, you know, he was raised by a, a single mother and then in one generation, 
you know, he could afford a vacation for his entire family to go to China, you know, which was inconceivable when he was a child. But I, I think that that's like a very practical and pragmatic concern for, for cybersecurity as a profession. Wow, uh, I'm just absolutely positively amazing. I'm I'm happy. Um, like like that that his story sounds a lot like mine, and I'm very. It sounds like I have something to look, to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I think so. So you you've already achieved so much just from starting in an extra credit project. Can you tell us a little bit about what the association's mission is? now and if you have any short and long-term goals for the organization absolutely i love the question thank you for it um as far as the mission of the organization our goal is to it, there, it's like multi a multifaceted goal mainly in three three parts um the first one involves mainly and chiefly increasing the the underrepresentation of what of black people within the cybersecurity apparatus. Um, the second goal, the second prong would be to, you know, build mentorship and to like connect people with one another in hopes that they can, you know, start to, you know, persevere in that matter. The third would be to build community in general. So it's just so you're no longer feel like you're like the, you, you never feel isolated. Um, and that's, and so that's one of the, um, those are the big biggest goals, and as far as um, are the execution of those goals, um, we've picked, uh, within we we're slightly over a month old. Um, we've paired thirty six um, people, thir well thirty six African Americans with mentors inside of their inside of the cybersecurity field. We've graduated upward somewhere between twenty to thirty different black and brown, um, black, mostly black and brown, but also, it's all inclusive. So it's not just black and brown children. It's all of, but there were black and brown children there um, the, who've graduated. Our kids can code boot camp. They've become fluid in Python, uh, the chief programming language for cybersecurity. And we've also managed to uh, get them hack the box credential, one of the most famous penetration on um, testing platforms out there. And, and furthermore from there, as far as a roadmap, our goal is to keep building on those statistics. Very nice. That's incredible. Yeah, I'm, I'm struck by, you know, the level of activity that came around the post, which is just an amazing juxtaposition with kind of the loneliness that's come with the COVID lockdown, right? Like, you know, we don't, we can't meet in person and you can't do your meetups form like physical chapters, but like every one of those posts is just like goes straight fire because I think everyone are, is looking for this conversation, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm not sure if we would have saw the same amount of success without the pandemic. <laughs> I think it, like and in some in, in more ways than one, of course, they, this has been detrimental towards um, towards people and towards us and, as, as the world in general. But in some ways it, it helped. Um, and I can say that this if there was a blessing within the, the travesty, right. <laughs> I would say this was probably one of them. Yeah, that's. um that's interesting. So let's let's back up a little bit and um, 
let's talk about you. You mentioned that you yourself were interested in cyber. Uh, are you still currently a university student? Still currently a oh, university still. starting so, up in uh, it's September. That's right. That's Senior right. year. Awesome. Well, congratulations on entering that last year. I know your LinkedIn profile said you had done an internship at NASA. Um, so just as a little bit of your okay. journey, how did you get into, I guess, computer science first and then kind of steer into I know you said cyber felt like it was even more underrepresented than computer science, but if you want to just tell us a little bit about how you got into computers in the first place. So, so, so first I'm going to say, don't tell NASA, but I'm on the clock for the internship right now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this will air well after that. Don't worry. Uh, this, the second thing I would say is, um, um, I, I, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to make sure that we started this organization is because I was a law, I was lost. I was like, I was very a lost duckling. I didn't know what I was getting to. I didn't have no one to ask. And so I poked my nose into literally everything and jumped every rabbit hole I found. Every single last one of them down to the point where I'm about to graduate with a degree in computer engineering because I thought I had to know hardware in order to do a capture the flag competitions. Mm -hmm. And that's just heavily misguided. And so if, if the, one of the, if I, I, one of the reasons why is because I wanted to start, I wanted to start just because I, I like, I, I just, I, I needed, I needed it myself and it was, it just simply wasn't there. As far as the trajectory from, from computers, my computer science to computer engineering to cybersecurity, so finally going into cybersecurity. Um, I started out coding and just just straight computer science. Um, I thought I needed to know IT, so I dabbled into IT as well. I became a system administrator and took a bunch of um, bunch of certification courses, and then ultimately I went to computer engineering because I thought I needed to know how to the calculate voltages across the <laughs> I, I know it sounds dumb. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's hard. It's hard when you don't know what you don't know, but how did you get into, how did you get into coding? Were you, um, you know, just interested in video games? You want to take computers apart or. Honestly, that? that honestly, the, the school that I was at didn't allow you to major in computer engineering. So mm -hmm. I just took computer science because it was the closest thing that if they had one of those in majors you had to get admitted into. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, you know what? I can't get, get computer engineering. So they have a cybersecurity specialization in computer science. Let's go with that. And that's literally, I know it's not an immaculate answer, but <laughs> that's really, that's how it went down. That's cool. I mean, life is rarely a linear a linear uh progression so yeah that's that's super interesting um that's good to know i'm i'm gonna come back to this this question of of uh of coding in a bit but i'll i'll, mm -hmm. I'll kick it back over to to ashley absolutely thanks well i think you've got a really interesting perspective since you're still in university trying to get into the cybersecurity industry so what are you seeing as the most critical problems that the cybersecurity industry needs to solve to be more effective? I think you found a solution for one, creating a network, but what else has stuck out to you? 
I'm 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 gonna try to keep this um, these answers as diplomatic as possible because <laughs> I'm uh, like I, like I'm, I'm the president of a of a well president of a of the Black Cybersecurity Association. So equipped with that, I feel like I'm almost obligated to have rebellious views. Yeah, rebellion is welcome. Please share. <laughs> uh, honestly, I. I I'm I'm really really against the dark the dark silhouette figure. Yeah. Um, the, the, I, yes. I don't think yes. all cybersecurity analysts need to look like ninjas, <laughs> like burglars. I, I would prefer to I, describe I, I, for our ooh. listeners. <laughs> we are seeing full ninja on our Zoom camera. And it's beautiful, but an inaccurate representation. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that I don't think that I need to have like a like like be in a dark. I think I can be in a well lit room and be a cybersecurity analyst. Um, I don't need to be at, up at two o'clock in the morning or have a keyboard that glows uh, the all the RGB neon colors. I don't have to have 50 million stickers on my computer or anything like that. And so th there's a lot of um, stir and I don't have to be weird. I, I, I feel like I can, and I'm, so, I'm serious. I don't have to be socially <laughs> awkward. <laughs> um, I, I feel like you can be, you, I honestly feel like you can actually be a, 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 a some sort of so you can be the head of the security operations center and not be socially awkward or overweight or wear you know, or have to wear glasses or you don't have to drink beer is it, it yeah like i mean that. when we talk about representation both on the adversary side and on the security side there are some well-worn tropes about what those those two halves of that equation look like Absolutely. So that would be the that would be the one thing I would say would be a, is problematic in the cybersecurity community. Yeah, and then um, Dr. Magid, if we can trouble you for uh, a moment um, in terms of you know the hiring and inclusion responsibilities, um, I think inclusion is a very broad term. You know, we talked with Anthony Johnson and uh, a couple of others about, you know, whether cybersecurity professionals need um, college degrees if they've been, you know, basically hacking for 30 years, uh, all the way to, you know, what the racial diversity is of candidates that come in or even where firms are sourcing that. So um, Dr. Magid, if you have a moment, I would love to hear your take on what are some areas that could improve in terms of the hiring process that sort of can overcome the systemic issues that that we see in the, I think the tech industry as a whole. I don't know if she's with us, but yes, I'm here. Can Perfect. You hear me? Yes, awesome. Thank Great. you. Well, thank you for the question. It is a very interesting question. I will leave the technical aspects to uh, Daryl. Sure. Um, and I came into this space in a non-traditional way as well, but um, I will say to your question around, you know, what can we do? I, I really believe we need to do a better job at first widening the net and in doing so, take a deeper dive to really understand um, the cyber space. So we are requiring uh, bachelor's degrees, 
certain levels of certification that may not necessarily be uh, needed to do the job. Um, there are all kinds of internship programs out there. Um, one called Year Up. Uh, one of the ways I came into this space is uh, my son is in the tech space. He's a cybersecurity analyst working for a large uh, corporate bank. And he came into the space, one, because he was a gamer. So it was just really his pastime, his hobby. He was a programmer. And um, he didn't know either how to break into the field, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, he did come across this internship program, which um, was a year-long program where the first half of the uh, program, the first six months, was development. So learning and development, where he was learning more about programming, learning more about cybersecurity. And then the second half, which is a really critical piece, was the inter internship phase where the nonprofit organization was partnered with other corporate organizations that really opened the door to allow these interns to come in, get experience, understand and learn about the corporate experience and learn more about cyber as well. At the end of the internship experience, these students were offered a full-time job. And this really is the way to do it. And also what BCA is doing, offering mentoring opportunities, pairing individuals, young people, uh, people who are already in the field, who are seasoned uh, to show young people or just people who are breaking into the field or have the desire to do so, um, to show them the way to do this. And BCA is just the kind of organization that is needed. Um, as Daryl said, we, there's just not enough out here. And um, you know, I'm really proud to be part of an organization that is really laying the groundwork or really at ground zero for this important work. Yeah, you raise a good point. Um, you, know, you said your son approached this from a non-traditional path and Daryl also said sort of a non-traditional. And I think, you know, that notion of a traditional path is the impediment, right? Because tradition denotes essentially a homogenous way of doing something or a, it's, it just doesn't allow for diverse experience. Right. And that's, that's uh, kind of the, the, the trick that we've been Absolutely. Trying to, to, to crack, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, I'm just excited for what BCA, you know, the future of BCA and how we could impact representation across the board in the cyberspace. So, um, so I'm just very excited to be a part of it. Awesome. Uh, Daryl, did you have anything to add there? Uh, yeah, I did. I did want to add. Um, I, I I feel like we we definitely um like uh, within like uh, you know playfully of course, but within the organization we we argue about this a lot. <laughs> we it, it, it's often the young young generation versus the older generation, and um and I take the side of the younger generation, and in that in in that taking in taking that side, I often let I, my argument is often that. Um, that the word cybersecurity isn't that old. Um, I don't think the, anyone was saying the word cybersecurity 
even if it was it might have been antivirus back then. <laughs> um, I don't think anyone was saying that word back in 2002, even if they were working into that field. And so it, as far as transitioning into cybersecurity, I feel like most of the advice that we receive as young people are to do what the people who did the, the generation before us. And a lot of times I feel as though um, we're kind of pressured into starting into fields that are not cybersecurity because they had to do it because it didn't exist. That's an interesting day. point. Yeah. And so that, that's one way that one thing uh, I often think, I don't, I feel like I don't have to start as a system administrator. I don't have to start as a network engineer. I don't have to start as a software engineer. I can go straight into cybersecurity or straight into pen testing or straight into forensic analysis by learning the skills I need to do my job and all that other stuff, it helps, but I don't think it's necessary. Yeah, that's a good point because yeah. um, uh, Anthony Johnson, another guest, uh, his firm Delve Risk had done a broad survey of CISOs and. Sure, some of them are technologists, but some of them also came from audit and risk, and some came from IT, but fewer than you would expect, to, you know. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's it's not just diversity in the field, but it's diverse ways of getting into the field is an interesting way to pose that problem. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I like to think about it as, as this is a field that's constantly changing. So coming in and being able to adapt quickly because it's going to change is, is what makes people successful. So for our listeners who are interested in learning more about the BCA, what can they do now or what should they look forward to doing? Uh, you, you want that one, Dr. Magic, or should I take it? I'll let you do that, sir. Oh, uh, sure, sure. Um, so we, um, we, oh, I'm very, very excited to say that we, our website is, uh, it's not completely, completely live yet. We're, we're, our software, well, our website development team is still amid, you know, bringing out the final product. However, um, blackcybersecurityassociation.org is up and running right now. Um, so if anyone wants to, you know, connect with us, um, type in, typing in our website is all of our social media pages are there and our website will be in full production very, relatively so. Great. And then long term, do you foresee like local chapters? Is it like an umbrella organization? What, how do you think people are going to get involved um, once we kind of get into the normal swing of the, the rhythms here. Absolutely. Um, as um, I, I have a little bit of a bias, so I, I do want our first um, chapter to be at the University of the District of Columbia. For sure. Um, so, so Founders I'm, rights. Founders <laughs> rights. I'm a little bit biased there. Um, but yes, I do foresee us being growing into a very very large organization in, in the near future and had um, post pandemic, of course. Um, but it's, but uh, hopefully at, at as many schools across the United States as possible. Cool. Oh, well, I want to thank you guys very much for the time today. I know, as you said, Daryl, everyone is working full time and doing work for BCA. So uh, I appreciate that. Um, and thank you, Dr. Magic, for joining us and, uh, and lending your expertise as well.
Thank you all for allowing me to pop in real quick. And thank you, Daryl. Thank you for being here, Dr. Magic. And thank you um, both Ashley and George for having us. We're truly, truly indebted and appreciated us. And we see the great things that Safeguard Cyber is doing. So we wanted to definitely make sure that we gave a shout out to Safeguard Cyber, y'all. Like, <laughs> y'all doing, doing amazing things out here. Thank you awesome. so much. We really appreciate it. And that wraps another episode of The Zero Hour brought to you by Safeguard Cyber. Many thanks to Kai Crow-Getty for sound design and post-production, to Matias Cefaletti for our theme music, and as ever, to our guests for lending their valuable time and expertise and insights. Stay safe, stay strong. This is The Zero Hour, signing off. Until next time.